Good morning and welcome to the Sunday service here at the Free Community Church. Uh, whether you're joining us online or here at One Commonwealth, a very warm welcome home to you. Thank you for coming bright and early to come together as the body of Christ to gather around uh, this table of uh, communion, listen to the word and to worship with one another. Um, since we're all here, if you're here on site, uh, would you turn to maybe three people that you haven't said hi to this morning, look at them eyeball to eyeball and say a big welcome home to them? Would you do that for me? And if you're online, please drop us a message and drop those people who are joining us online a message and welcome one another home. So great to be able to see all of you this morning. Um, if you are ready, would you rise in body or in spirit uh, to join together in the call to worship this morning. Come in, come in and sit down. You are a part of the family. We, we are, are lost and we are found when we are, we are a part of the family. We know, God, that we who have gathered are a part of the family, but we also know that the family is much bigger still. There are people we don't understand. There are people we disagree with. There are, there are people, people we don't, don't like. like. There, are there are people, people who don't, don't like us. us. Challenge us, God, to expand our vision of family until we, we see, see all of creation as one big family. family. Amen. Amen. Would you continue standing if you're willing and able to, in body and spirit, to join our hearts and voices together in a time of praise and worship? Day. 
shield, I am hold, I am safe in Jesus' name. I am blessed, I am cold, I am healed, I am whole, I am safe in Jesus' name. Let's claim it. I am blessed, I am cold, I am healed, I am whole. I am saved in Jesus' name. Let's sing it to God. I am blessed. I am called. I am healed. I am whole. I am saved in Jesus' name. shown to me both now and forever God you're so I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power your name is healing, your name is love, 
break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Please be seated.
Let us now quieten our hearts and come to God in prayer. God, indeed, we give thanks to you, for you are good. No matter what the circumstances in our life, we can trust in your love for us. However, God, we live in a fallen world. The memories of the earthquake that hit Turkey and Syria, costing 50,000 lives, and more than one, one million people being displaced. The memories of the war between Ukraine and Russia. All these have faded as the newest social media headlines hit us with the collapse of the SVB bank in 48 hours. But God, these are not meant to be forgotten. For each of this life is your blessed child. May we not let this fade, but continue to remember that there's still so much work for each of us to do on this earth. God, even in our own personal lives, we let our own personal headlines distract us from you. Be it an unreasonable boss at our work, be it financial burdens and obligations that is weighing us down, or be it just health issues, both physical and mental, that is plaguing us, all our loved ones. All these issues, God, distract us from you. But we know that we should anchor ourselves in you so that we have strength and we have the courage to face the world. And we know that this world is your wonderful creation. From time to time, when we catch a glimpse of what you meant the world to be, for example, a cooling shower after a hot day, or even a kind smile from a stranger, may we just hold on to these glimpses of wonder and help multiply them in this world so that more will know your love, more will know your beauty, and more will get to know you. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Now let us just join the worship team for the last song. And all my will by yours be done. Shake my foundations till I come undone. And let my walls fall to the ground. Build my heart to face the sound. Land all my will. Yours be done. Shame my foundations till I come undone. And 
trust you instead. I heard your voice calling me to move out of faith. I hear your voice. I hear your voice. I have been I'm home again. So good morning and welcome to FCC. So wonderful to see all of your faces. Uh, can't see your faces online, but welcome as well. Um, and this morning, uh, I would like to invite you to go into our menti.com. Uh, one of the things we do uh, in our sermon time is to invite your input and your insights uh, for you to share. And this morning, I would really love for you to share your insights, okay? Because there's a couple of questions that I really need you to participate on. And uh, you are going to kind of really help fill in this sermon in some ways. And so you can go into the QR code if that's easier for you. If not, you can go into fcc.ly slash menti and that will take you directly into the slides for today. Okay? Letting go. I went to the well at noon Sun burning my neck, sweat stinging my eyes. I sighed to think how much heavier that water jar would seem on the journey back. Most of the women, they gather at first light early in the morning, their laughter carrying over the countryside like birdsong as they gossip and banter. But here I am, alone. In the desert, wells give and draw life. They are waters evocative of the womb. Wells are where our ancestors arranged marriages, fell in love, and received word of impending births. Wells are where God starts something new. I was not a woman who belonged at a well. This spring was named after Jacob, but as I trudged toward it, I thought of Tamar, as I often did. Tamar, the original cursed woman, passed from brother to brother, bearing no children, bringing nothing but death, until finally, through lurid means, she gave that family twins and our people a nation. I saw myself in her story, for I too lived in my father-in-law's house, waiting for a little boy to become a man. That boy's mother had every reason to fear me, to hate me. After four weddings and four tragedies, I cannot blame her. And as the sun beat down light, I saw a figure seated at the well, a man. I went closer and spied the knotted tassels on his coat, confirming he was a Jew. And I felt a rush of relief. Good. 
we won't have to talk. A man in this country rarely speaks to a woman. A Jew to a Samaritan? Never. At last, I reached the well, collapsing on the other side to catch my breath. Will you give me a drink? His voice startled me. For a moment, I doubted I'd heard it. What sort of Jew asked a Samaritan for water? They believe even our pitchers were unclean. You are a Jewish man, I said, and I am a Samaritan woman. And I laughed, wary of meeting his eyes. And you are asking me for water? He answered, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for a drink. And I would give you fresh, flowing water. I would give you the kind of water you really crave. Now he had my attention. I mean, the man was young, maybe 30. He had no jar, rope, or buckets. He must have been traveling from Judea to Galilee. Artesian water from this well, I pressed. Sir, you don't even have a bucket to draw with, and this well is deep. Are you saying you are better than our ancestor Jacob, who dug this well and drank from it? Are you saying you know something he didn't? Jews were so smug about religion. No doubt this man never dreamed the Samaritan woman thought of such things. Everyone who drinks water from this well will get thirsty again, he said. But whoever drinks the water I offer will remain satisfied, for they will have a gushing spring inside of them that never runs dry. Well then, give me some of that water, I laughed, playing along. Then I won't have to hike out to this well every day. The man fell silent. Assuming I'd offended him, I prepared my bucket and lowered it into the well. Go, call your husband and come back, he said, breaking the silence. My jaw clenched. I have no husband, I said. Indeed you don't. You've had five husbands, haven't you? And the man you live with now is not one of them. Five. This man knew more than what local gossip could carry. He knew my secret. He knew me. Shaking, I let the rope slip. My bucket plunged into the water and I staggered backward. I see you are a prophet, I said, sitting down. The man said nothing in reply, and so for a while we just sat there together under the sun, sweating and thirsty, a strange understanding growing between us. He went to the well and pulled the bucket up. So, tell me something, I said, recovering my courage. Samaritans say the place of rightful worship is that mountain over there. 
but Jews say that it's in Jerusalem. Who is right? It may seem a strange thing to ask a prophet who had just laid your life bare, naming the thing you never dared to voice out loud. But if God was speaking to me through a Jew, I had some questions. The enmity between our people stretched back centuries. Time and geography had given us different cultures, different practices, different sacred places. The Jews destroyed our temple on Mount Gerizim a hundred years before I was born. And then they banned us from worshipping in Jerusalem. If this man was a prophet, it meant righteousness belonged to the Jews. A woman like me had no place to meet God. He answered, don't worry about that a smile in his voice. Salvation will come through the Jews, yes, but it will be for all people. The day is coming when all the barriers between us will collapse. God is spirit after all and truth. You can build a temple around spirit. You can lock truth up in a shrine. The kind of worship God wants is the kind of worship without walls. He paused. But you know that already, daughter, don't you? You have known all along. He crouched down and looked me straight in the eyes, seeing me in a way no man had ever seen me before. They say a Messiah will come and make all these things plain, I ventured from the ground. I, the one speaking to you, am he. At that, he handed the, me the bucket of water. He brought it to, I brought it to my lips, lifted my head, and drank deep of the coolest, richest water I ever tasted. I drank and I drank and drank. I drank until I could no longer breathe. And when I finished, I wiped my mouth on my sleeve. I handed the bucket back to the man who, to my amazement, threw his head back and gulped the rest of it down, dousing his dusty face with the last splash that remained. And for a moment, I doubted what I had just witnessed. This man, this Jew, this Messiah, he drank from my default cup. And with relish, he saw my surprise, then he laughed. The deep belly laugh of a man who sees our religious absurdities for what they are. I joined him, all the tired and thirsty cells in my body awake with life once again. It was like giving birth and being born at the same time. It was like giving birth and being born at the same time. This is a fresh take on the story of the Samaritan woman found in John 4. You can read it uh, later if you want to. I love this version written by Rachel Hal Evans 
because she helps bring the story to life, making it so real and visceral, as if we were the ones interacting with Jesus. This account is the longest conversation Jesus had with anyone in the Gospels. And I don't think it's a coincidence that this longest conversation that Jesus had was with a woman, firstly, who was non-Jew. As we know, Jesus is constantly challenging the religious absurdities of our man-made rules and our unjust social norms. But you know, on a more personal level, what I see happening in this encounter is Jesus helping the Samaritan woman dismantle and let go of her unhelpful myths and beliefs so that she can fully live out her spirit-led truth. So I want us to explore together, okay? From what you heard in that story and from what you remember of the story of the Samaritan woman, what were some of the Samaritan woman's unhelpful myths and narratives? Right? What do you think were some of the things that she thought about, about herself, about God, about the people around her, that were maybe inaccurate, that were definitely unhelpful? Maybe not true, right? But there were things that she held very strongly to herself. Okay? So what are some of the, her unhelpful myths and narratives, as far as you know? What did she say about herself to Jesus? What did Jesus have to kind of correct or to give her a different perspective? Okay. Let's look at some of your answers, okay? Yeah, yay. That she was undeserving, yes, unworthy. Yeah? She said, I am not a woman who belongs at this well, not with the other women who come out and gossip and banter and you know, have fun together. I come alone. Right? At noontime when nobody's there, the hottest time of the day. That Jewish men and Samaritan women couldn't interact because the latter were considered impure, right? She said a couple of times, right? Like, why would a, a Jewish man speak to a Samaritan woman? Firstly, that is not allowed. You know, firstly, they think that we are defiled, impure, right? And why would you even share water, right? There's only one place to worship, right? That's something that even in modern days, sometimes people think, right? Salvation is for the elites. Yeah, not for her. There's a right, wrong place to worship. Absolutely, right? There's a right, wrong way to worship also. Yeah. That she's unworthy of God. The Samaritans will always be second class. Yeah, right? You can hear it in her voice. Definitely, maybe it's not how she thinks of it, but she knows that they are being seen that way by the Jews. She's not important, worthless. Men not speaking to women, differences in their identity. Differences not just in their identity, but different class, right? Different levels. And that's why men don't speak with women. The clean and defiled, right? There's a very clear um, divide. Low self-esteem. Her worth depended on her marital status. Yes, this is a very good observation, right? Obviously, she felt like there was something wrong with her, right? And that's why when Jesus said, Where's your husband? She froze, right? She's like, oh, my. That's like the last question I want to answer. That she was an outcast without hope, inferior, 
Samaritan women are de defiled, they're dirty, they're inferior to Jews, they have to pray elsewhere, okay? They're kept out of Jerusalem. I will never be fully known. Yeah, that's probably how she felt, right? That's a very deep insight, right? Like suddenly when she talks with Jesus, she actually felt seen for the very first time. Isn't that amazing? The shame, the unworthiness from her past, her race, her gender, not worthy, women are fundamentally dirty. Yes, it's not just a Samaritan thing, right? Women in general also are considered default, especially at certain times, uh, in certain ways. It's better for me to stay hidden, yes, safer, right? Sometimes it's better to just recede into the shadows. And that's why she was at the well at noontime, right? Better not to interact with anyone because that will only hurt me because of the things that people may say to me or say about me. The inherent separation between people, yeah? That people are somehow divided in some way, we're different in some way, we're not equal in some way, overthinking, perhaps. Her unpardonable sin, whatever that might have been, that God is intrinsically judgmental, yeah. Right? She thought that immediately, you know, that, yeah, definitely in God's eyes, if, if in people's eyes, you know, people look at me this way, how much more God must judge me, right? Great, these are all really amazing uh, answers. Thank you so much for participating. So these are all the things that probably was going through her mind, her beliefs, the things that she held right, quite closely to her heart, even though they may not have been very helpful. But Jesus had something different, something new to offer her. He wanted her to have a new story. Not one that erases all of her past, no, but one that adds on and expands on what she thinks she knows about herself. The new narrative that Jesus offers her through his words and also his actions, okay, not just through his words, but also his actions, is she is worthy, she is loved, and she belongs in the kingdom of God. Whether she's a woman, she's Samaritan, whatever, she belongs in the kingdom of God. And that God desires to quench her thirst with life-giving water, as with everyone. And that true worship is not about a place. True worship takes place when we engage our spirits in the pursuit of truth. In the message version of John 4, in this particular part of the passage, it says, but the time is coming, in fact, it has, in, it has in fact come when what you're called will not matter. Where you go to worship will not matter. It's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. And that's what in spirit and in truth means, right? That's the kind of people Abba is out looking for, those who are simply and honestly themselves before God in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship God must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves in adoration. Our true selves not the one-dimensional story that people use to describe us or the quick judgments that we make of ourselves or others. Our true selves before God. 
not the narratives of our past that go round and round in our heads, nor the stereotypes that people place on us, no. We come before God who knows our every thought, our every hope, our every gift, our every broken part, every single beautiful thing about us, every wonderful story and even the ones that aren't so great. We come before God and God offers us a cool drink of water, a place to rest. And God listens to all of our stories, all of our questions once again. And that's what happens at the well, where we encounter God time and again, drawing deep from the waters of grace and love. After all, wells are where God starts something new. As Richard Ross says, new beginnings invariably come from old false things that are allowed to die. What are the false things that need to die in order for new beginnings to take place in your life? What? The Spirit of God is doing the birthing work in us. But these new beginnings will come only when the old false things are allowed to die. And Jesus came to help us dismantle, to let go of our unhelpful myths, our unhelpful beliefs, so that we can fully live out our Spirit-led truth. And not only that, like Jesus, we can offer a new life-giving narrative to others, through our words and actions. But how can we even begin to do all this, right? Well, firstly, we start by cultivating our curiosity. Like the Samaritan woman who had many questions for Jesus, right? you can go back into her passage and you can read all the questions that she had for Jesus. Her journey began with curiosity. Be curious about your own narratives, where does this belief come from? Is it helpful or harmful to me or to others? Be curious also about the narratives of other people. Don't jump in too quickly with your own assumptions or your answers. Just stay curious for a moment. Allow your curiosity to surface questions and to deepen your own understanding. Our curiosity can help push past our assumptions as we learn to craft good questions, both for ourselves and for others. And it's important that we wait long enough to really listen to one another's hearts. So the second thing is to listen to God and to one another. And that's what Jesus did, right? Jesus took time to listen to the woman because it is in the listening that we learn to dismantle the myths that we have bought into about ourselves, our world, about God, and each other. First, we need to listen to what the Spirit of God may be saying to us about our own thoughts, our own beliefs, our own assumptions. Then we learn to listen to one another. Listening is not just the information you gather. It's about listening out for the tone, the inflection, the pain. It's when we listen for nuance, 
experience, anxiety, and celebration. Jeremy Duncan says it's uncovered when we hear the depth and the humanity, the conviction and the confusion that someone conveys through their words to us face to face. All of that takes a profound curiosity that sometimes does not come easily. But it is one I'm convinced might actually start to make us well by freeing us from some of the things that we've been chasing so that we can actually decide who it is that we want to become. So we listen. And then we let go of our unhelpful narratives and let in the Spirit's life-giving narratives for us. When I say unhelpful myths or narratives, I mean the myths that you have bought into about yourself, about the world, about God and about others. What is your story? What is the story that you tell yourself about who you are? What happened to you? How others have treated you, etc. The Samaritan woman had her own story, a story that she told herself. And some of it was helpful, but some of it was not. And so I want to ask you, what are the myths, the beliefs you have bought into about yourself, about the world, about God, about others? And I just want to give you some time to reflect on that a little bit. Right? And just to kind of type, thing, type in things that come to your mind. What do you think are the myths that you've bought into about yourself? What has the world told you about yourself that now that you think about it, goes, hmm, maybe that's not very true. Maybe that's not very helpful either. What are the myths that you've bought into about the world? Perhaps that the world doesn't care? That the world is cruel? What are the myths you bought into about God? Why have you been told about God that you realize later on, maybe that's not very true? And what are the myths you have bought into about other people? Perhaps people who have hurt you. Perhaps people who have not treated you well. What do you believe about them? That money is the most important thing, not relationships? Yeah. This is definitely what the world teaches us, right? A lot of us grew up with that, and we had to kind of unlearn some of these things, right? Time is not on my side, I'm getting old. Yeah, I feel you, yeah. <laughs> that the world is just a just place, and wrongs need to be righted and punished. Yeah. Sometimes the world confounds us, right? We wish it was just, and things should just go a certain way. That God hates queer people, yes, absolutely right. That is one thing that many of us grew up thinking. And that is very, very sad because nothing can be further from the truth. My wealth depends on my marital status, yes, especially at Chinese New Year. <laughs> I'm sure many of you experience that. I'm a nobody if I have nothing of the world. Hmm. Career defining a person's success. Yeah, definitely in our world, that's something that we grew up with. I'm only worthy when I'm competent at my work, right? 
Work seems to define us so much. Productivity, your career, how far you're going, that seems to define us, right? There are only certain fixed routes to success. Hmm. That's right. But so untrue, right? And when we discover the other routes, perhaps the lesser, lesser walked, lesser traveled routes, we might actually be happier. I'm less blessed than others. Mm -hmm. We tend to compare, don't we? There's only one way to be successful, right? So many myths around success and competency and achievement and, you know, addicts are immoral, yeah. That is the impression that we get. And sometimes the impression that we give others that is so unhelpful and so inaccurate. That making others happy is more important than my own happiness, yes. And also so untrue. Because it's only when we actually learn how to love ourselves, when we are happy, that we can actually really make others happy. Uncertainty, doubtful. I'm always wrong when they fail to see my perspective. Hmm, yeah. That I have to be perfect to be loved. Yeah. yeah. And that's something a lot of us unconsciously carry with us. That women cannot be a pastor. Yes! Well, I'm living proof that it's not true. <laughs> but I grew up with that. I had people tell me, how can you be a pastor? Women cannot be pastors. They can't even lead in church. <laughs> of course, I had to go out and prove them wrong, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> There's only right and wrong, only two sides to the coin. Yes, the importance of being right, but in fact, not everything has an answer. Absolutely, right? Life is so much more complex and profound than that. God may not give good things to me. That's heartbreaking, right? That I'm not enough, that's also heartbreaking because you are. You are enough. That we should say being ill-treated at work and not complain. The importance of being right, okay, yep. I need a partner to be happy and joyful. Yeah, that is also the messaging we hear a lot of, right? It's for some reason you cannot be happy and joyful when you're on your own. But actually, that's so important, right? For us to learn to be happy, to be joyful, to love ourselves. And then a partner adds on, right, to it. It doesn't really complete it, but adds on to it. Love to you, bleed. Oh, not bright, simple-minded. You can't trust anyone. Everyone is selfish. So sad, right? The things that we have heard over and over again in our lives. Some races are less worthy. I am so sorry that that's what... Some of us have grown up with. I'm not worthy to be a Christian. And that is also heartbreaking because, as you can see, the way that Jesus interacts everyone belongs in the kingdom of God. That my parents know better because they've eaten more salt and rice than me. Yes, that's what they would want us to know. <laughs> and I would say, yeah, they know better in some ways and not so, not so much in other ways. <laughs> But Jesus has something different, something new to offer each of us. He wants us to have a new story, not one that erases all of our past, but one that adds on, expands on what we think we know about ourselves. And so today I want to invite you to do something slightly different. Usually in a sermon, the pastor talks and talks and talks, right? And then we give you some time to talk back, lah. But I thought it would be great for us to just allow God's Spirit to speak to us.
Because I can say many things, but I cannot say it like the Spirit of God can. Into your hearts, into your minds, into your souls. And so I just wanted to open up a very, very short time for us just to be in stillness, in silence. If you feel more comfortable, you can close your eyes. And just allow God's Spirit to speak to you. You have shared with us the things that you have bought into about the world, about God, about yourself, about others. Allow the Spirit to speak a new story, a new narrative, a new belief into your life. So we'll just go into a time of silence and stillness for a minute and then we'll get back into the sermon. And when you're ready, I'd like to invite you back into this space. Ideally, I would have wished for us to have a longer time just for you to practice this time of stillness and allowing the Spirit of God to speak. But, you know, we're in the middle of a sermon, so I just wanted you to have a moment to do that. But I encourage you to continue practicing that. Continue to listen to what the Spirit of God wants to say to you. So as you were waiting on God... As you are reflecting throughout this sermon, what is the new life-giving narrative God might be speaking into your life today? You shared a lot about the different things, that the myths that you perhaps have bought into throughout your lives, about yourself, about God, about other people, about the world. What do you think is a new life-giving narrative that God might be speaking into your life today? Is God telling you that you are loved? That you are worthy? 
that success is not what you think it is? That even though people around have told you that you are not deserving to be a Christian, to be respected, to be loved, but perhaps that is not true. That we are all unique and made differently for a reason. Yeah. No comparison, right? Because we are all so unique and so different and yet loved equally. And that's the beauty of it. That's the diversity of all creation, right? To let go and to lighten up our life, yes. We hold on to so many things. We carry so many burdens on our shoulders. And some of it, we can actually really learn to let go. To be rooted and grounded in God's love forever, yes. And that's my hope and prayer for all of us, right? That no matter what we hear from around us in the world, that we are rooted and grounded in God's love. To be yourself and to love, it's beautiful. To slow down your life, you don't have to always prove something, yes. We don't really have to prove something, yeah. Not, so don't follow me, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a pastor not to prove anything, actually. <laughs> Just happens to be, yeah. Uh, to find loyalty in God. I'm here, I'm queer, I'm loved by God. Amen. Be the light that God can shine through you for others. Yep. Though I'm sick, I'm still loved by God and God has a plan for me. Yes, yes, and yes. There's hope in relationships and community. We can recover from relational pains and emerge stronger. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Because it is true. I think all of us, we have experienced what it means to be hurt by one another even within the community, even within FCC, and we really need to hold on to that hope that we can recover from relational pains, that we can help one another, that we can grow together. And that's what we're committed to do, right? That's what we're committed to do as community. To go forth and do great things. You're never too old, too late to do well and to do God's work. Amen. Grace and love from God have long been given, but we do not, and we do not need to punish ourselves for it or to earn it. Yes, absolutely. My same-sex attraction is not wrong, yes. To put aside our expectations of what we think others should, should not do, say, act, yeah. The way I think of myself as being changed to what God thinks of me is beautiful. To be me, yes. That I am loved and lovable and I can move on from the past, yes. And yes. Press into more of God, there's always more life, that revival. In my life, and to do more than exist and survive, but to actually live. Yeah, actually live. To live out, to live, to thrive. I'm blessed, I'm called, I'm healed, I'm whole, I'm loved. Thank you for quoting from the worship song today. There's a reason why I chose all those songs. Ask yourself why people's actions and words anger you. Mm -hmm. And that's a very good question, right? Like, where is it coming from? Curiosity. Maybe it's okay to be trans. Not just maybe, yes, it is okay. It is okay. God is beyond gender, transgender, okay? So God loves trans people, absolutely. Women can be a pastor now. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, but please don't. <laughs> so in the midst of us 
God offering each of us a new life-giving narrative, and we are thankful for that, right? But it doesn't just stop there. I hope you allow the Spirit of God to continue speaking this life-giving narrative into your heart, into your mind, until it sinks deep down to your soul. And I believe that is when transformation and real change happens. And at the same time, we are called to offer a new life-giving narrative to others through our words and our actions. How might the Spirit of God be moving you to offer new life-giving narratives to others through your words and your actions? Well, for me, this past week, we just celebrated International Women's Day on 8th of March, right? And this year, I had the privilege of being invited as a faith leader to celebrate the resilience, the courage, and the strength of women migrants in Singapore. And so I, went, I was at HOME. HOME is a, stands for Humanitarian Organization for Migration Economics. And they run a shelter for exploited and abused migrant workers. And I was so thankful to be able to spend some time with the women who come from different nationalities, cultures, faiths, and these brave women, they left their countries, their homes, for the sake of building better futures for themselves and for their families. And I'm just in awe of them. You don't see the pictures of all the women here because you know, we can't share their faces, uh, but these are some of the faith leaders that were there for that day and some of their volunteers as well. It was the first time we had an interfaith initiative there. And the various faith leaders took turns to share words of encouragement and a prayer for all the women. And then we gathered in smaller groups, and during our small group huddle time, I started tearing together with a group of women as I reminded them that they are worthy, that they are loved, and that they matter to us. And later, when some of the women came to me for prayer and a hug, I held them for a long time as they sobbed and cried in my arms. I don't think I've ever hugged someone I didn't know for such a long time. <laughs> But something stirred deep inside me, and I could feel the Spirit of God moving amongst us. And at the end, the organizers thanked us, and they said, oh, it's such a powerful session. The women felt so comforted and encouraged and inspired. But you know, I think I was the one who received much, much more. And I left feeling moved and inspired to continue the work of empowering and uplifting women especially those who need the important reminder that they are worthy, they are loved, and they matter. What about you? How might the Spirit of God be moving you to offer new life-giving narratives to others around you through your words and actions? And what new life-giving narratives is God speaking into your life today? It all begins with cultivating our curiosity, right? Listening to God and one another, letting go of our unhelpful myths and narratives, and letting in the Spirit's life-giving narratives, and offering a new life-giving narrative to others through our words and actions. And so today, Jesus is inviting you back to the well of encounter. From this deep well, Jesus offers you living waters of grace, love, connection, compassion, 
salvation and the quenching of that thirst deep within your soul. And all you have to do is to bring your true selves in worship and you will meet him here. Amen. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are not all physically together. Um, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria you do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. God of mercy, mercy and, and justice, be with, with us. We lift our hearts to you, not because we have to, not because we are supposed to, but because it's how we respond to your unconditional love. Because it feels good to know we are loved. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your mercy, of, of how you gave food to the poor, clothes to the naked, and shelter to the lost. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared story of your justice, of how you gave freedom to the enslaved, opportunity to the outcast and peace to the one Lord. You acted with both mercy and justice, rescuing the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, providing them with manna when they were hungry. And your people acted with both mercy and justice, like the prophets who cried out to care for widow, orphan, and foreigner, and those who provided food, shelter, and community. You have shared your mercy and justice with us, not only as gift to be received from you, but as gift that we are to share with the world. We see this gift most clearly in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us what a life of mercy and justice looked like. In, in mercy, he gave, he gave food, food to, to the, the hungry. hungry. With justice, he broke, he broke social, social custom and shared tables with the powerful and the lowly at once. In mercy, he cared for the sick. With justice, he broke religious custom and healed on the Sabbath. In mercy, he had compassion for the poor. With justice, he spoke out against the empire that held them in poverty. In mercy, he washed his disciples' feet. With justice, he died without protest to expose a corrupt system. On the night he was handed over to the just system that killed him, he protested by sharing a meal with his friends. There, he took bread, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, then he called them to remember the injustice of his broken body every time they ate bread.
After they ate, he took the cup, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends, and called them to remember the injustice of his spilled blood every time they drank wine. But that, that wasn't, wasn't all. all. God's, God's mercy and justice burst forth when Jesus died, and his resurrection gave hope to all those who hunger for mercy and thirst for justice. God will always equip those who seek to share mercy and justice. Even death cannot stop God's incredible grace. So, we ask God's Holy Spirit to be poured out on this meal on this gift of mercy, bread and juice, that we may remember Jesus' ministry of mercy and justice, that these gifts of mercy may become for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may show mercy and do justice, not just for ourselves, but, but for the transformation of the world. Uh, I invite Shepherd to come. Um, for those who is at home, this is the time to prepare for your elements.
Let us partake the elements with gratefulness. Please stand as you are uh, willing and able. God, God through, through this meal, we, we pray that your grace would empower us to do justice, to offer mercy, and to do so with humility. You have given us your Son as an example, and your Holy Spirit as advocate. Give us the courage to do your work in the world. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, Shepherd, please help to collect the empty cups. Thank you. Good morning once again one, uh, to everyone and welcome again to the Sunday service here at the Free Community Church. Um, where free in free community church stands for first realize everyone's equal. Equally beloved, um, equally made in the image of God, and um, equally welcome here. So to, whether you are new here for the first time or been here many, many times for many years, a very warm welcome home. So my name is Gary, I'm the service leader for today, and I'm here to be able to share with you firstly that if you are new with us, we'd like to invite you to complete this uh, short welcome form, um, which will be on the slide coming up, and there's a QR code there. Um, can I just invite? Yes. So you can go to either fcc.ly slash welcome, or scan the QR code and leave us your details. That will allow us to stay in touch with you and reach out to you um, have one of the pastors reach out to you to find out your needs and to be able to see how we can serve you as a church body. Also, at the end of this month, on the 26th of March, um, at after service, we also have a newcomers meeting. And this is a great opportunity for you to be able to get to know some of the leaders of the church and the pastors a little bit better and to be able for us to get to know you as well. So if you're interested in um, coming for that, you know, please email info at freecomchurch.org or complete the welcome uh, newcomers form. Now we're going to continue to worship God uh, with our giving. So one of the ways that we serve one another is through the volunteering of our times, our gift, talents, our abilities, and also actually with our finances, we also serve one another. When um, Jesus was about ready to go to be crucified on the cross, the disciples asked him, um, Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus responded to them and said to the disciples and said to Philip in John chapter 14, well, if you see who I am and what I'm about, you have seen the Father. And just as Jesus represents who the Father is, when we serve one another, we also participate in this set-apartness of who Jesus is. As we serve one another, we also reflect the presence of God to one another. 
And we do this, the volunteering of our times, our gifts, talents, and abilities to actually put the service together in all of the various ministries of the church. But all of this is also enabled when we serve one another through our giving. And in fact, you know, FCC is now celebrating 20 years of God's faithfulness because of your generosity and your willingness to being able to serve the person who is coming in here to make this a place of welcome, to be able to make this a place where God's grace and love can be manifested in and through the service and all of the ministries of the church. So I just want to say a big thank you for your discipleship around giving and your generosity. And there are two ways that you can participate in worshipping God with your giving this morning. One is uh, through PayNow, where we have got two QR codes there. One for the general fund and one for the building fund. Or you can give by credit card at freecom.give.asia. In a moment also, we'll call the uh, stewards to come forward to receive the giving by cash or by check. And if that's something you want to do, uh, please raise your hands as we uh, join our hearts together in this moment to worship God with our giving. Would you join me in a word of prayer as we get ready to give this morning? God, we thank you that this church is a witness of your love and grace. And it all happens that we can then reflect who you are, the God of love, the God of who has created each one of us out of your generosity, out of who you are. And God, we just want to ask that as we um, follow Christ and be able to serve one another in and through our giving this morning, that you help us steward these gifts that are given to us in a way that we will be able to mediate who you are and your presence to every person that you have called us to reach. God, we thank you for each person here who is going to be participating in today's giving, God. God, I just ask you as they give that you will continue to be able to show your presence of who you are in and through their lives and be able to bless them richly in all things and in all areas of their lives. In Jesus' name we pray and all of God's people say, Amen. Can I invite the stewards to come forward to receive the giving this morning? And while they're doing that, I've got a few announcements for us all. And the first announcement is that right after the Sunday service uh, today, at 1 p.m., we're going to have the leaders um, training uh, this Sunday. And if you are a leader, um, you have already received a message that you can come, uh, go and have your lunch and then come back here for our leaders training at 1 p.m. that Miak is going to, um, to be conducting. And if you're not able to join us in person, uh, we've also sent out information of how you can join us on the live stream uh, for that. The next announcement that we have is for the FCC retreat. And um, to give this announcement, I'm going to invite Miak to come forward. Interesting. Okay, great. So we have been making announcements about uh, keeping the dates, uh, blocking the date for... Um, our retreat from the 2nd to 4th of June. How many of you have already planned to come? Uh, not so many, uh, but after this announcement, maybe you have, you'll change your mind. Can you have the next slide? Um, thanks. Uh, so this will be... Oh, only one slide. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, there are a few things I want to let you know about because uh, we have reset the... the um, done up the costing, right? I think it's uh, 350 for uh, double sharing, 400 for a single room, and there are different prices for children who want to come along as well. Now, um, 
the price includes the ferry there and every single meal that you are going to have there. And I, I was I was very surprised with the with the deal that Gary negotiated with them because when we are we are planning to arrive we leave Singapore at ten o'clock on the second of June. We arrived at about noon and we're going to start straight away with lunch. Then we'll start the program proper. And from lunch Dinner and over the whole week we are over the whole weekend we are going to be kind of there's a lot of food lah. Uh, I cannot tell you how good it is because I haven't eaten there before. But we all covered. Saturday night will be a seafood dinner by the by the Kelong, but the Kelong is really by the pier um, near the near the hotel. And then Sunday um, before coming back we're having a dim sum buffet. Right, I'm trying to entice you with food first, and and. So while we were deciding and trying to figure out who to invite to be our speaker, I had a lot of uh, doubt right, and struggle because number one, we can't fly in really uh, someone from overseas uh, because it's really out of our budget. Uh, and then looking around in Singapore, the number of people who are willing and able to become a speaker at our retreat, because this is going to be quite public, right, uh, might be very few. So that one week when I was preparing, you know, like thinking of all this planning, I got a message from one of my friends um, and uh, she messaged me and said, oh, I'll be back in Singapore in May. Then I went like, May, okay, how long are you back for? Um, two months. And I went like, okay, are you free from the 2nd to the 4th of June? And she said, uh-huh. And so... Maria Ling, Reverend Maria Ling, uh, is an old friend of ours. She has led a retreat for us before years ago, right? Um, and she just completed her Master's, in, uh, Master's of Arts in Ministry and Spirituality, focusing on spiritual direction. It's almost like striking jackpot. Right, and also it was almost like God putting a neon sign as us, and you shall receive. And then I prayed, and then there I have a message. And so I went to ask her, and she said, "Sure." And so um, she's coming along to be our to design the retreat for us. And uh, we are still working on the programming, but I think that we have a very good speaker. And it wasn't; it's not just one person. Uh, we are buying one get one free. Uh, uh, because her husband, uh, uh, Sui Hong, is the professor of sacred music in Emmanuel College. Right? She, he used to teach in Trinity Theological College uh, in the past, teaching liturgy and worship. So it's almost like, ding, um, you know, hit the jackpot as well. And I've asked him to, if he could lead our worship team in a separate track. And that will be very beneficial for our team as well. So it's, it's very exciting. It's almost like God equipping us on a journey without us doing much effort. So I encourage you to sign up. Uh, we will send out the link. Uh, that does, do we have it? It's okay. I, we will send out the, the link via our email announcements. Uh, please sign up. We, there are quite a lot of information that we require because um, we are getting the ferry tickets together and we are able to collect it if you send us a copy of your passport kind of thing. There, um, and Daniel is handling all of, the, all of those uh, logistics. So I encourage you to really, um, I look forward to seeing you there at a retreat that weekend. 
right? So I think it's very exciting. Um, I have things that I that come to came to my mind, um, and I realized I didn't make announcement for is um, Easter is coming, Holy Week is coming, and always we have baptism and membership during our Easter service. And so those of you who are interested in becoming members of FCC or interested in baptism, please drop an email at info at freecomchurch.org. I know some of you have sent uh, um, an application form or wanted to apply um, the previous year, right, uh, or in between the seasons right, of our membership class. Um, we have received your forms already, so you'll be included very automatically in, in, uh, for this coming one. And I'm talking about you, Norman. <laughs> I, so we are having our membership class, but we will include you in this this round of uh, induction in, uh, into the church as members. So mem I think that's it. Uh, thanks, Miak. Uh, so yes, very exciting. Um, that, you know the program that's coming together for the church retreat. Um, we'll send out the information on how you can register for it. But as Miak mentioned, it's going to be about three hundred fifty dollars uh, twin sharing and about four hundred dollars um, for single. Uh, sharing no sharing single um, uh, one person in a room sing, uh, uh, with, a, with a single supplement a single not share um, so um, the lookout for for that it's full board um, from the Friday afternoon to Sunday afternoon and as Miak mentioned um, if, if so uh, I've been to the, this property uh, before and um, literally it's 35 minutes door to door from um, harbor front um, the ferry terminal. Uh, to Batam Harbour Bay, so it's, uh, and the hotel is just next to the immigration um, center. So you can actually get to the Swiss Bell Hotel faster than you can probably get to Sentosa. Um, and uh, it's very, very convenient, um, for especially for those people who tend to get seasick. It's only a 35-minute hop, uh, very, very quick um, uh, going over. Um, the other thing that uh, we also wanted to, uh, to let you know is that uh, this is a, a fairly new property. Um, so, you know, uh, we've made sure that it's going to be comfortable and reasonably uh, priced. And uh, uh, we, we really, really are very grateful that they were able to accommodate us. Um, and, um, you know, there are other churches that were looking at this property uh, for their retreat, but we managed to uh, get in ahead of them, thankfully. Um, all right, so... Um, that's the church retreat. Um, we have got another announcement uh, exploring um, wellness in faith. Uh, sorry, I need to um, read out the copy for this. All right. So um, this um, month's after church event or ACE is going to be about exploring wellness in faith. And it's going to be uh, three sessions on the 19th of March, 26th of March, and the 2nd of April. Um, so this workshops, these three workshops, is an invitation for people to explore yourself in the background of faith. And anybody who's participating are encouraged to explore the practice of letting go and deepen your journey in faith. Um, you will be guided to appreciate the value of support within a group setting while allowing each person to experience various activities in their own way. Uh, so this series of three workshops is going to be led by Jose and he has over 30 years of experience working with people and has led similar workshops entitled The Language of Love and the Power of Now. And so the target is to have this as a small group workshop for about six to ten persons over those three Sundays. So um, if you want uh, more information, 
uh, you can um, WhatsApp the number there, 93663818, or um, to register for this, uh, since it's starting actually next week, um, please use the QR code there on the screen uh, to register for uh, your, you know, uh, for the, the workshops. And you can select the dates on the form that you are able to attend. Um, so that's Exploring Wellness in Faith, our after church event um, for March. The next um, announcement that we have is uh, for lunch khakis. And lunch khakis are basically people who have volunteered to be able to have lunch with those people who may be newer to the church and may not have people who are ready to go to lunch with you yet because you haven't built their relationships. So today's lunch khaki is Gordon. Where's Gordon? Is he in the house? Uh, Gordon's at the kitchen area there. And uh, if you want to, to um, uh, have lunch with uh, a friendly face um, and get to know some of our church members, Gordon's going to, to be your host today. Please look for him after service and we'll, we'll all go together for lunch. The final announcement that I have is for TMART. Um, the, this cycle of uh, uh, TMART uh, completed last week, and I just want to say a big thank you uh, on the behalf of the organizers to everybody who donated um, to this effort um, and who volunteered to pack and deliver all of the groceries. Uh, because of your generosity, you know, 15 trans elderlies um, were able to receive uh, all of their groceries uh, to, and, and you know, take care of their physical needs um, last week. So, you know, a huge round of applause, please, uh, to all of the don generous donors and volunteers. All right. Thank you, everyone. Those are the announcements for today. And I would like to invite uh, Miak back uh, to give us the benediction for this morning. I wanted to add on uh, two more things. Uh, because the beneficiary, the people who volunteered to deliver the groceries, right, braved the rain on that day, on that Sunday. It was really heavy rain. So really um, thanks, you know, um, to, to stepping up and serving um, the least amongst us. And also, um, I forgot to say, uh, um, our value is first realized at once equal. And it has been a while since we had a church retreat. And I don't know if you know that we have always been able to support people um, who were not able to afford to come for our retreats. Because it is $300 not, it can be quite a big sum, uh, um, and it's just for three days, right? Uh, for those of you who, who need sponsorship, please approach me or Pauline. We will arrange for sponsorships for you, and we will, we will have a chat with you, and, uh, and we, will, we will work out something for you. So we want everyone who wants to go uh, to be able to go, whether you have the ability to pay for it or not, right? So we will, we want to include everyone, and this is how we live out our values or inclusivity, inclusivity. And also, those of you who who feel that you can contribute to allow those people um, to so help others to be able to go, please also let us know, right? Because uh, you know we we have to find a way to sponsor these people. There are a few people I normally approach, uh, but if you are new, but and and you want to support these people as well, uh, please let me know and let me or Pauline know. Yeah. Okay, now for the benediction. May I invite you to rise in body or in spirit. God, you invite us to drink deeply of that living water that sustains us. That living water that washes away 
the unhelpful myths that we tell ourselves or other people tell us, those voices that tell us that we are not good enough, we are undeserving of love, that we are abominations, all those things that have held us back and they're not helpful. Your love and your grace is beyond that. In that offering of that living water to the Samaritan woman by the well, Jesus offers us too. And she, after being touched and transformed by this encounter, went out to witness too and testify to this amazing love, this amazing prophet that changed her. So you, you who have been touched, transformed, may you go out too and become the living testimony of the power of God's love. So go, go in love, go in justice, go in peace, knowing that God is with you always. Go, beloved of God. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. We look forward to seeing you next week.